This is Anne von Elmerst, and you're listening to Zamparin Radio, episode 166. My name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back. Zen Parenting Radio, episode number 166. Zen Parenting Radio brought to you by BU Incorporated. Yay. It really is incorporated now. Yep. It's our So for business. those of you who want to start their own business called BU Inc., sorry. <laughs> sorry, Charlie. It's taken. Um, so we're going to talk about thorns. Well, what's BU Inc.? Oh, BU Inc. Uh, BU Inc. is a lot of things. <laughs> Here, well, it's funny because I don't I, even know where to begin. I know. Well, was, I was just saying to Todd, I want to talk about BU Inc., but here's the truth about BU. We are working through language and trying to figure out how to get our message clear, concise, and authentic to what we believe. You know, we don't want to make it too simplistic, yet we don't want to speak in all this weird terminology, weird terminology that people can't relate to. And um, shout out to my sister, Christine, who's helping us with this. And, Thanks, team. And once we work all that out, then we can give you a better – I will say that our tagline is uh, kids and grownups living from the inside out. Um, very profound. Very profound. Todd came up with that, so I got to give him some credit. Even though I stole it from somebody else. Well, you did – You the kids and grownups part, we added to it. That's right. Um, but we are – the the goal of BU is to be able to validate both sides, the balance of left brain and right brain and soft skills and hard skills and um, yin and yang and all those places. Did you say heart and brain? Heart and brain. Uh, yeah, heart-centered living. But you got to use your brain and your brain is valuable. You know, it's it's not one or the other. Mm, and brain. I love brain. I know you love brain. You don't eat brains though. No, that Zombies would be disgusting. Yes, they do. But let's talk more about BU on the other side. Got it. Okay. So Zen Parenting Radio, episode number 166. ZPR is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. We have three daughters, ages six, nine, and ten, and our goal is to give you the resource to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. You do that faster every week. I know. It's a race against myself. It is. Um, The best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. That's our motto, not our mantra, sweetie. You've been calling it a mantra lately. (laughs) Just kidding. So we're going to be talking about thorns. Thorns. What what is it about thorns? We're gonna thorns, about? triggers, triggers, and that's pain a, bodies. That's a good word. And so this is kind of like what I was just saying. We're gonna use these words, and probably there's many other words t- for you and and us, because Todd, Todd and I are working on this too. For us to recognize what makes us tick, like what frustrates us, why we get annoyed by certain things, and the language that we're gonna use to help explain it are triggers, thorns. And pain body, right. which are from different authors and different uh, researchers. So we thought that this would be an interesting uh, topic, and uh, we've decided to kind of run with Michael Singer's definition of it, which is thorns. Thorns. And Michael yeah. Singer is a an author who write who wrote a book called The Untethered Soul, mm-hmm. which is really good. Mm-hmm. And I have a few clips that we're going to play throughout the next fifteen minutes or so, and they're they're short clips, anywhere between thirty seconds and a minute. You okay? You're giving me kind of a weird look. No, can I can I explain it before you go into the clip? Sure. Did and then, you want to go? To the well, and then first? we'll hear him explain it. So yeah, that's the thing is if I can give an overview and then he can say it. In, okay. Yeah. So so we'll just start by calling him thorns, but thorns are similar to triggers and pain bodies. What we're trying trigger to say. trigger is the word that I connect with the most. Yes, but a thorn is basically something that has happened. Oh, I got email. Is that a thorn? That it's actually not too much of a thorn. Okay, it's just a, maybe a teeny tiny thorn. And we're gonna I'm gonna talk about some of my own thorns. Yes, I as well. Um, so anyway, a thorn is something that is 
it's, um, well, I'm going to use the word trigger, something that triggers you, like something that may have happened to you long time ago, like it's from your past. And then every time it happens in the present or something similar or something that feels similar, it may not even be similar, something that feels similar, you get instantly annoyed. Right. Because you haven't healed or haven't recognized, or even if you have recognized, it just frustrates you. I'll give an example. Say as a kid, you felt unheard, like nobody listened to you. Maybe you were the youngest, or maybe you were in a big family, or maybe you were just, you know, you didn't feel like teachers or parents listened to you. And then you grow up and you're in a workplace and you're offering your opinion and someone maybe talks over you or they didn't hear you clearly. You are instantly triggered. That thorn that you have about not being heard is, you know, touched where it hurts and it makes you angry. Sensitive, hypersensitive. Sensitive. And you just go off on people, even though maybe in that present moment, it really wasn't that big of a deal, but you're still holding all the pain from the past about not being heard. And you're pouring it into the present moment. And then the, and for parents, it can be, let's go with the same one. You didn't feel heard when you were younger. You didn't feel heard in the workplace. Then you have kids, you tell them to do something and they don't respond. Right. So you get angry. They don't listen to me. Nobody listens to me. So your kids get the brunt of an unhealed wound or thorn or trigger from your past. So here we go. This is about a 30-second clip, and I call this the thorn analogy. So here we go, Michael Singer, and he's talking to Oprah from a Super Soul Sunday. Imagining you have a thorn uh, in your arm that directly touches a nerve. Can you do that? So the analogy we were using is if you had a thorn that was touching directly to a nerve so much so that anything that touched it caused pain inside of you. So if you walked, difficult to walk through the woods and the leaf touched it, you weren't able to walk. If you were uh, trying to interact with people, it caused a disturbance. And the key point of it is you have two choices. One is you can either try to avoid everything in your life that touches that thorn. Right. Or you can do this amazing alternative, which is take it out. (laughs) All right. If you try to avoid it, you will be avoiding it for your entire life. It will go on constantly. Which is what we're all doing, right? Yes, it is. Okay. So that's clip one. Okay, so that was kind of about something that was about avoiding situations. Right. Um, so if you have a thorn, for example, you did something in school and maybe you stood up in front of your class and you gave a speech and you felt ridiculed or you felt that people didn't get you or you felt made fun of or uncomfortable for any reason, you may spend the rest of your life avoiding right. public speaking right. because of that. Or maybe people told you you couldn't do it. Maybe you've never even tried it, but you avoid it because you have so much energy around that issue. Well, and I'm just thinking of this. Um, uh, I don't know if this relates, but remember I had I talked about in the show a few weeks ago, I had that uh, kind of bad swimming experience in yes, the ocean. Yes. And then I decided that I wanted to do triathlons. And I feel like that was my way of overcoming my- Taking your thorn out. My baggage yeah. or my trigger of- yeah. Not, I don't want to be somebody who is in constant fear of water. So I decided to get in the pool and I, you know, triathlon and I could swim a mile. And that was, all, you know, when I was little, I could barely swim a lap. Right. So for me, be able to say I swam a mile in open water is a pretty big thing. So it, it's given me a little bit of sense of peace and calm with the uh, with the water. And why I love that one is that you, what's important to understand about triggers or, or thorns is that you still may always have a little cut or a little sliver from right. it. You did the work to, you know, work through mm-hmm. most of that fear where you knew that you could do it. But when things about water come up, you still have that initial For response. Sure. 
and especially as, with our daughters. Exactly. As do I with with the things that I struggle with. And the reason I say that is because Michael Singer speaks very calmly and and you know like hey just pull your thorn out and then you're done with it. I really do believe that we always have a little you know a remnant a remnant of our past right. and but it, we don't have to let that control us. Right. We can just be aware of the reason I'm so scared right now in the present is because what happened to me in the past. Right. And a lot of times we don't make that connection and we think that we're having the same experience now mm-hmm. as we did back then but really we're not. Right. So So, um, this next clip, it's 20 seconds, so it's real short, but it talks about avoiding thorns. So here we go. And that's the game that we play is how do I build a life that avoids touching all this stuff that happened to me that I can't handle. When they happened, I couldn't handle it. And now it's caused all these soft spots inside of me. Thorns. Thorns. So I need to create a life. Train everybody around me. All right. So they don't ever touch my thorn. Uh, Some people even. So. It's kind of the same thing, but... Well, she was just about to say something really good. No, she actually got pretty annoying. She did? Yes. Didn't she say that people actually walk around saying, don't go there? Say that. Don't you go there with me. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The alternative is... So, sorry, I listened to this interview a few times, and I tried to keep it as short as I can. Okay, I'm sorry. Plus, Oprah, I love Oprah. She does amazing things for the world, but sometimes her interview style is annoying because she interrupts. Yeah. To the point where you just want to hear the person speak and she's talking about she's her She's a talkie talker to yeah. Well, um, I, lo- I like that analogy of when you're talking about, you know, when you're talking about your own thorns and maybe someone wants to bring up a subject with you mm-hmm. and you actually have that feeling of, don't you even dare go there. Right. It's because that's a really thorny place for you. Right. That's a wounded place for you. And that doesn't make you wrong. It just, that's our awareness. When Todd and I talk about self-awareness and self-understanding, understand that that is not other people's fault. That's something that you can heal within yourself. And I feel like those are good indicators of what we need to heal. Right. You know, like when we don't want to talk about something, there's something really deep seated there. Right. Um, I want to talk about our first partner and then we'll get into the other parts of the um, uh, interview with Michael Singer okay. and Oprah uh, Hunter from HunterYoga.com. She has her daily practice coming up on March 28th. And she's kind of gearing up and she's improved it a lot over the last session. She's kind of put some more, she invested some more into the video and everything else. But what it is, it's a 28-day home study course that she developed and it's all about yoga for self-care. Um, so uh, there's a lot of awesome things that she's doing this time. There's short guided meditations. There's audios. We're actually doing an audio clip for her. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I told you that part. Uh, live coaching events, daily emails, and the first week is free. So it's really easy to get into. Just go to hunteryoga.com slash zen. And then they're also doing a um, – she's giving one away for free. So if you uh, email me or Facebook me and say that you – um, entered uh, the daily pro- uh, daily practice program with Hunter, then we'll put you in the drawing for maybe getting a free a free twenty eight day immersion. So uh, that's hunteryoga.com slash zen. So check her out. All right. So the next clip I want to play is knowing what your thorn is. All right. Okay. You ready? Spirituality. How that is spirituality. Now, how do you how do you know what your thorn is? Disturbance tells you. Just like pain happens when you hit the thorn outside, yes. disturbance happens inside. Because it's never what is actually happening. Right. It's what is happening is irritating yes. your thorn. All right. Okay. So disturbance. Basically, what I, the, the way I would describe what he's saying is you're talking to someone 
and then they say something and all of a sudden you feel this annoyance inside of you, like your annoyance with Oprah for yes. talking over people. And that disturbance helps you recognize mm-hmm. what your trigger may be. Like, for example, say that you're talking with somebody and you're just having a conversation. All of a sudden they start to say, you know, I had a really good day today. And here's all these great things that happened to me and I'm just feeling really good. And you're feeling this deep annoyance. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, shut up. Oh. Mm. It's got nothing to do with that person. It's your own feeling about – it could be several different thorns. It could be that you think that person's bragging and when you when you quote-unquote bragged when you were a kid or said good things about yourself when you were uh, younger – that people got on your case for it, so now you do pe- you know do that to other people, or you think that that person is somehow trying to show you up, right. because in maybe in your history you had that experience with brothers or sisters or in school or somewhere. You know, it's like you never. It, it, sometimes it can come from multiple places simultaneously. Yeah, it's not one singular. It's event. not one thing. Unfortunately, sometimes it can be validated over and over again that thorn mm-hmm. where you start to have experiences that are similar, and you say, "See, yeah. this is the way all people are." Um, and so you, when you have that disturbance, you know, you're driving and someone cuts in front of you and some people are like, okay, you know, come, come on in or whoops or whatever. Some people get furious. So the reason, again, I can't say why the thorn is there for that person, but they are taking that as a personal slight that that's person who turned over in traffic somehow thinks maybe they're better than you or that you know right. they're they're better or that they you know are more important whatever it is if you're getting really disturbed by that that's something deep in you it's not really about that one that little one event. incident well and it makes me think about and we don't we can't play it because it's too long but there's that uh youtube clip this is water by David yes. Foster Wallace, mm-hmm. and he talks about, you know, somebody does something that can kind of upset you, but if you really knew the whole story, maybe that person helped your mother-in-law out, the, you know, that she worked for the DMV. I think you actually there's a example in his uh, talk um, that maybe that same person yesterday helped a loved one work through a really hard problem at the DMV the day before, but you don't know that. So it's all about having, not talking, not being inside your own world, in your own head, but consider the possibility that maybe this person actually is a good person and you don't need to you know yell and scream and kick because it's quite possible that they did something really nice not and and that's a wonderful example the fact that that the connection and the oneness and that even though this person cut in front of you um or it felt like they cut in front of you heck maybe they didn't even know you were there right. maybe you were you know take responsibility for your piece too um just because they cut in front of you doesn't mean that they they are a bad person right. or a bad driver. They, you know, like Todd said, the connectedness and the oneness, they probably interact with your life somehow in a positive way right. and that we can let those things go because here's the thing. First of all, we all know that honking and flipping that person off isn't going to make them a better driver. And we've you, we've and got that, right? And you think it's going to help you feel better, but in the moment, maybe it does. But in the long run, you're just kind of feeding, that feeding the hate. That's right. Feeding that thorn. Yeah. See, you know, rah. and so you're hurting yourself. Right. And while they're most likely didn't do that on purpose to harm you. Right. Now, sometimes you flip someone off and then they flip you back up. You're just creating negativity on right. both sides. It's kind of like we always talk about someone's got to make the choice to shift first. Right. And it doesn't mean that you let people cut you off in life all the time. It just means that you have an understanding and a disconnection from allowing it to 
um, make your day awful. Mm-hmm. You could have been having a great day up to that point, and then something happens in traffic. And like I said, maybe it wasn't even – maybe they had to merge. Yeah. Maybe they have a sick kid in the car, and right. they're trying to get to the hospital. Who knows? But you can let that go. Well, and the fact that you're letting other people um, control your happiness or your attitude throughout the day in a negative manner for something as simple as getting cut off. And we've all done it. We've all been victims of it. We've all have cut people off on the road too. Um, But I want to get back to my personal example because you kind of touched on it. Because when I was preparing for the show, I'm like, okay, what are a few of my triggers? And the first word that popped into my mind is entitlement. Yeah. One thing that, and I don't know where it comes from, so I don't, maybe you can help me work through this, but I can't stand it when somebody thinks that they're better than somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I think you know what I mean by better. It doesn't mean like you're a better baseball player, like there's matters of fact. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like an attitude of less than. Of hoidiness. Of hoidiness. Mm-hmm. And it's always driven me nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we kind of back and forth have a little email chain of people humble bragging yeah. on Facebook. Mm-hmm. For for the people who don't know what humble brag is, can you define that? Uh, humble brag is where you're saying something that you, you're you writing it as if it's this awful thing, but really it's this great thing. Like, we'll just use movie stars. Oh, I'm on the red carpet and I just broke a nail, but thank goodness I was able to meet Jay-Z. Right. You know, like they're trying to say something like, oh, I'm struggling, but really they're trying to tell the, you. The deeper message The deeper is, message is I'm on the red carpet meeting Jay-Z. Right. So that's, I, I don't know, that's always been a really big trigger for me. Like, I don't like it. And then I wanted to play that um, we, on our last retreat, um, relationship retreat, I don't know how we got to it, but we talked about the um, setting, setting somebody love that you can't stand. Uh And I played this clip and it's this guy named Kevin O'Leary and it's a YouTube clip. I don't know if it's from MSNBC or CNBC. I have no idea, but just listen to this because this is something that drives me bananas. And I just want to choke this guy. Okay. All right. So here we go. Equal to the three and a half billion poorest people. It's fantastic. And this is a great thing because it inspires everybody, gets the motivation to look up to the 1% and say, I want to become one of those people. I'm going to fight hard to get up to the top. This is fantastic news. And of course I applaud it. What can be wrong with this? Really? Yes, really. So somebody living on I celebrate a capitalism. dollar a day in Africa is, is getting up in the morning and saying, I'm going to be Bill Gates. That's the motivation the everybody thing needs. The between me and I'm that guy is charity. motivation. I just need to pull up my socks. I am oh, not wait, a, don't, I don't have socks. Look, don't tell me that you want to redistribute wealth again. That's never going to happen. All, okay? You know what? You take a simple stat like this, which is neither good nor bad. It's just a fact. It's a celebratory stat. I'm very excited about it. I'm wonderful to see it happen. I tell kids you know every day, if to, you... I'm just gonna, if what's wrong with this? Up at a cocktail party. No, no, Amanda, one what's pos- wrong with this statement? One possible response If you to it, work hard, you might be stinking rich We're talking about people in extreme abject poverty. That's how you get three and a half no, billion No, we're not. You were just talking about really category. rich All right, so they keep on going. But basically, that made my blood boil. And as part of the relationship retreat, one of our tasks one day was to send somebody love that you can't stand. And, you know, man, this guy's a beautiful man. I don't know. But his attitude towards this topic triggered me in such a way. And... I don't know how to remove that thorn. Well, I mean, first of all, I think that's an extreme example yeah. um, because he's a, he's doing talking points on a show. Yeah. He's bringing attention to himself. He wants to have people talk about him. Um, and he obviously knows that's going to be a touchy, uh, triggering, thorny right. subject. 
And, and it's kind of their job. It is, yeah. unfortunately. And he's willing to put himself out there and say, I believe in capitalism, as if someone who believes that people should be able to eat every day don't believe in capitalism. Right. You know, there's this extreme thing where we say, and again, don't, you know, I can't get started on that. Kind of stuff. <laughs> I, I have a social worker mentality, so I can't go down that path of talking about um, so would you say that this is a trigger for you also? Definitely, okay. because the, you know why it's a trigger for me? It's that maybe a part of it is not – something I always struggled with as a kid is if I would say something and someone would take offense to it. Yeah. And my intention was never to offend. I just thought of a trigger for you, by the way. Okay. And my intention was never to offend. Like maybe I'd say, hey, you know, you look great. And the person would be like, I look awful and you know it. Why would you say that? And I and that was not my intention to hurt you. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a time in my life when I walked up to someone and been like, I'm really going to say something to hurt you. Right. I have no desire to do that. And when people take things the wrong way, or like I blog about something and I'm trying to, you know, offer something loving and caring. Mm-hmm. I mean, all bloggers and writers deal with this. I'm not alone. And then people turn it around and say, you're trying to tell me this and this. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah. Take it for what it says. Mm-hmm. And, and if it doesn't feel right, you don't have to keep reading, but I'm not trying to hurt you. Right. And so when he says something like that, he, I kind of got lost from, oh, he doesn't understand the right. big picture. Right. He's going to jump on capitalism, say it's all about capitalism, and these kids who are in poverty are going to wake up and want to be stinking rich. Stinking rich doesn't equal happy. Right. Stinking rich doesn't equal successful. Right. That Success in my definition. Right. your definition. And so he's got this, this twisted idea of that everyone would be happy if they had a lot of money, yet, you know, he's, I, I, I can't. <laughs> Do you want to know what one going. of your uh, triggers are? What? When a teacher tells a student that the answer is wrong, oh, yes, Do you want to talk about because you you seem that seems to be a recurring theme of our relationship. Whenever we're talking about something <laughs> like this, this is always the example you bring up. Well, it's because okay, so and I talk to our BU girls about this a lot. When you know, when I was a kid. I had a lot of thoughts about things and I don't necessarily view things the same way everybody else does. Nobody does. I'm not special in that way. We all have a different way of viewing things. So I would always, I was a big hand raiser. I loved being a student and I can't remember when it started, third, fourth, fifth, but I would raise my hand and say, this is what I think. And a teacher would say, and it wasn't one teacher, it was Mm. many. They'd say, no, that's not the right answer. And as they'd talk through it or explain it, I'd be like, that's, that's what I mean, but mm-hmm. I mean it in my words. Or, you know, it'd be something in literature. They, you know, I'd be talking about a, a certain uh, character in the story and I see them this way. Nope, they're not that way. They're this way. Well, that's a matter of perception, don't you think? Right. And, you know, maybe they weren't cruel. Maybe. Right. And so what ended up happening to me is I stopped raising my hand. I, st- I started thinking I wasn't smart and I started looking for right answers. And what that does to you is it narrows your view because you start following other people. Less expansive. Less expansive. And you start thinking other people are right and you're wrong. Or you, other people are smart and you're and not. And you're dumb. So that really t- did a number on me for many, many, many years. And then when I decided to become a teacher, which wasn't a big shocker, one of the things that I did um, is when I was working with students, when they'd raise their hand and say something that I wasn't expecting, I would always say, talk me through it. Mm-hmm. Explain to me how you got there. Now, just so everybody knows, I know that math has a right answer. Right. I wasn't teaching math. Right. I was teaching things like literature and Room science. Room for interpretation. Social studies, yeah. And then when they would get an opportunity to explain, and sometimes they wouldn't 
even be on the right thing, right? Be like, oh, actually, we're talking about this. Oh, okay. But you didn't say that's no, wrong. Exactly. And that was that was me, just like you with the water, trying to heal my thorn. Right. Is that if I had this experience and it and it stunted me, as I feel it did, um, or scared me, or whatever mm. language you want to use, I want to do something in the world where I can talk to kids and say, you're not wrong. And we're doing that in a more expansive way now. Right. Not only just about education, but about... Um, you know, who you are, who you are is not wrong. What you believe is not wrong. What you think. And again, and even what this guy believes, this Kevin O'Leary guy, it, 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 we have <clears> an opinion. Product, right, he has, he's a product of what he learned and this is what he believes is correct. That That's doesn't right. make him a bad person, even though it drives me nuts. Well, and he probably has a million things to validate or to, uh, what's the word to back up what he's saying. Right. And he could show us a million you know, research and this guy believes this. So it doesn't necessarily make him wrong. I just disagree with him. Right. I don't view the world. I mean, that word wrong is touchy because well, yeah, it's almost, it's not people centered. It's money focused. Right. So in money focused world, Maybe he's right. Yeah. In people-centered, heart-centered world of let's make sure we take care of each other, it's never going to work that way. Right. So can we just say that different viewpoints? Sure. Sure. All right. So this is our last clip, if I can find it. Do, 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 do. It's about 45 seconds, and uh, it's the difference between a disturbance and a bad event. So because when he talked about disturbances, he's talking about the thorns. So here we go. That's the nerve. But what's the difference between that and... They really did do something. The difference is you always start with saying, do I want to be disturbed? Do I like being disturbed? No, I don't like being disturbed. So I have a choice. An event happened outside. I can deal with that event without being disturbed. In fact, I can promise you I can deal with it better without being disturbed. Disturbance isn't helping you. Disturbance is hurting you. Got it. And so you are way better off learning how to deal with the disturbance. And that is also how you remove the thorn. They are directly related. The fact that the situation outside stimulated this disturbance inside of you means that you've uncovered something stored inside of you that needs to come out. There you go. So disturbance helps you recognize what your thorns and triggers are. So it's actually, you know, um, a story that I've told before on this show is that I, a couple of years ago, I was having an experience with someone where they were driving me crazy. Hmm. And it was the same person over and over again. Every time I was with them. Was it me? No. Oh. Thank Phew. goodness, because we lived together. That was a close call. But I was so, I would get angry, wouldn't I? Yeah. I mean, I would get angry. And I really had moments of, this is so interesting. Mm -hmm. What is this? Because I knew it wasn't about that person. Right. It was, what I mean, they were stimulating it in me and they were driving me crazy, yes. But there was some, a lot of people are around me all the time and they don't drive me that crazy. So what was it about this person? And I was able to trace it back. It took months, mm -hmm. like four months. But trace it back to me in that there were some boundary issues going on right. where I realized that I felt um, like the other person was in control and making decisions for me and that I didn't – I wasn't able to put up a boundary for myself and it felt similar to some experiences in middle school and high school. Then once I was able to, after a lot of work, um, ask for that boundary, it she was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Right. You know? And then it's all gone. Right. And and I don't mean to be too simplistic because believe me, there was a lot of crying in between there. Well, you said that it was months. <clears throat> it was months. And my question is, because you went through that experience with the knowledge that you had, 
what if somebody doesn't want to take four months to figure it out? Is there well, a fast forward way of figuring this and out? And here's the thing. That's my experience because it took me a long time to figure out what the connection was. I had to do a lot of quiet time. And at first I just wanted to blame that person. Right. They have a problem. Yeah. It's not me. It's them. And I got a lot of validation from other people right. that it was that person was the problem. And so in answer to your question, what Michael Singer saying, and I think it takes some work, yeah. but you can change in an instant. Yeah. You can decide. I mean, like we were talking about people cutting you off. That You don't have to wait four months to figure out that, why am I so angry when someone cuts in front of me? You can, you know, I feel, but this is, this is some serious work. Yes. This is Well, like, and I think it's like the cutting you off thing. I feel like it's a little bit. Too simplistic? No, not too simplistic. It's just easier to recognize exactly what's in front of you right. versus your boundary setting problem right. predicament. You had to kind of trace it back and have some... So, yeah. Okay. So an answer, I know what you're asking now, I think. What he's saying is when you have a disturbance, you have a choice in that moment, even if you don't understand what it connects to. Because I've had teachers tell me before, you don't really need to find the thing. Right. Just as long as you're willing to not have that response anymore. Right. Like, you know, you don't have to go back and say, this was the thing that did it. You may not be able to trace that back. You may not have a full memory. Mm -hmm. You just may have more of the energy memory. Right. And so you can, in that moment, decide, I'm disturbed. I don't really feel like being disturbed. I'm going to let this go. And you didn't necessarily... Unfortunately, you probably will get disturbed again by the same thing. But like he said, you start to connect those dots. And even if you don't know why it happened, you recognize that you don't want to have that feeling anymore. Well, and it's like he said, I think in two clips ago, um, you know, do you want to spend your life avoiding this? Or do you want to deal with it? Yeah. And I think a lot of us, because we think it's the path of least resistance, that we just want to avoid the thorn. Yes. And if you can get quiet and think about it, it's really a disservice to your well-being. Right. If you can just address the thorns, you know, one thorn at a time. And it's a disservice to the people around you. Because if you're one of those, you know, that the language I use is thorny people, or the best way to describe it is if you know someone that people, you you walk on eggshells around a certain person, or you know that people walk on eggshells around you, then there's a lot of thorns there where no matter what somebody says, you have such a, a huge response to it right. that people are almost unwilling to talk to you authentically. because if they say something, you could totally be triggered. And that's a a difficult relationship to have. And you have to recognize that instead of deciding that it's everybody else bugging you and that everybody else doesn't know how to talk to you, maybe there's some stuff with you that you can start to recognize when you get uncomfortable or triggered. What can I do to alleviate some of the stress rather than put it on other people? Take responsibility. And we all struggle with this. Everybody struggles with it. I struggle with it. But when I'm clear-minded... I am, hey, this is not anybody else's problem. Right. I need to work through something yes. to figure this out. And yes. it's so much easier to point at I somebody know. else. I know. And uh, and that gives us permission to not go any further. Like one of the, we talked about this in Women's Circle the other night. And we were talking about how, say you're talking to your boss or to a teacher or something, and they're saying something to you that's really triggering you. And you, so you start kind of getting all angry and working up all these thoughts and you're getting that energetic response because it's really old. 
that's in that moment, you can start to breathe. You can start to recognize what's happening. You can still deal with whatever's going on with your boss or with the teacher, meaning you can continue the conversation, but you can let go of that huge response you're having and deal with things in the present moment. Well, what I was going to say is notice an imbalance between stimulus and reaction. Yes, that's lovely. You know, like if, you know, whatever, somebody cuts you off, it's really not that big of a deal if you think about it. Right. And if you get really mad, Come on, man. Right. Take a, take a step back and send that person love because it's not helping to get all mad. Or if your boss is, is giving you feedback and you're getting really offended mm-hmm. and you start to yell back at them about, you don't think that's true and that, you know, that's not true. You're, you, that's not helping. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to be calm, take it mm-hmm. and say, okay, uh, I, I want to talk about this later because I don't necessarily agree. You're in present time with it. Right. You're, you're not bringing up all that deep-seated energy from the past into this present day experience. Well, and it'll help you solve the problem that is at hand. Exactly. And that's something that Michael Singer talks about. He's not saying just let things go, you know, don't let... How do I say this? He's not saying when someone does something wrong, don't comment on it. Right. He's saying comment on it in present time. Right. Don't bring up all this history that you have. Be so angry and then be so volatile toward this person. Handle it with presence. So um, for a guy who cuts me off, I should race up there and say, dude, that hurt my feelings. No. No. Because that's one <laughs> of course not. Because that's one of those situations where you'll pro- you probably will never know who that person is. It's not about the person, it's about the experience. Right. You know, it's just like when you're going to about to get on an airplane and you hear it's delayed. Right. You're not going to get on board and tell the pilot you really yeah. hurt me and yeah. you need to not do this anymore. You're going to recognize that you don't have control right. over everything. Yeah. I think there's a huge we control we thing. We do. We think we think that everybody's got it out for us and that the whole system is broken. And it's not about you. There are a million, you know, whenever I think about planes not taking off, even though I get frustrated too, I'm not, I'm not immune to that, but they're fixing it. Mm -hmm. They're keeping it safe. They're cleaning the wings. They're de-icing the wings. They're de-icing. I mean, don't we want them to do this? Yeah. Like I I get confused about the the intense anger, Mm -hmm. Um, even though it is, people have had more extreme situations where they've been sitting on planes two hours and you know. Well, my travel experience is, I, this is right after 9-11, and it's when security was like really, Ridiculous, really ridiculously yeah. long lines. And there was a man in front of me in a suit, and he's obviously a salesman or a business traveler or whatever. And he kept looking at his watch, and uh, I could tell that he was running really late. Yeah. But he was kind of calm about it. And then it was, sometimes you'd have to get like double-checked by security. Yeah. And the, the security guard said, sorry, I have to kind of do the double-check. And he said... I've already I'm, I've already missed my flight, but I understand if I really wanted to get at my flight, I should have been here earlier. Oh, my you know, gosh. so he totally a mindful person had a very mindful attitude yes. towards me. You know, because when you miss a plane, it's kind of a big deal. Oh, you gosh. worry about everything that's you know you're Your supposed to get through. Yeah, everything. And he was such a calm dude. And you know what that that guy, if the security guard had some, uh, or the you know the TSA's, yeah, if they had. If they were in one of those spaces, they may say, well, let's get through this quick there and see if we can get you right. there. People want to help. Oh, if life is so much easier if you're nice to people. If you're nice to people and you take responsibility. If people are being jerks and it's a nightmare, you have to be able to, A, if you can, remove yourself from it, or B, recognize it has nothing to do with you. They're triggered. They're having their own thorny experiences. They may be taking it out on you, but it's not about you. Right. And that if you can 
beep, but in most situations, I find that if you if you work from kindness and if you work from present time, people want to help yeah. you. Life is easier. Life if you're is just... so much easier. So um, I want to talk about our second partner, um, and then maybe if you want to have any closing thoughts about Thorns. But uh, okay. Dr. Kelly from Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, um, she's located here in Elmhurst, and she has three workshops coming up, one every month, uh, March 18th. She has a food testing. Are the foods you eat making you sick? Making you sick? Um, on April fifteenth, ear infections and antibiotics. What every parent should know. And May thirteenth, uh, instrument adjusting with Impulse IQ. So she continues to provide these really good resources to the uh, residents of the Chicagoland community. And she's also a really heck of a good chiropractor. Mm-hmm. So, uh, chirotree dot com six three zero nine four one eighty seven thirty three. Um, so yeah, that's my deal. We didn't explain anything about the pain body. Well, I feel like Eckhart is going to have to wait. <laughs> okay. So just so you guys know, we're aware of that, but that is, it's very similar to thorns and triggers, but it's a little more dense. Uh, and can I say one more thing about BU? Sure, go ahead. Um, what was I going to say about BU? How awesome it's going to be? Well, yes. Um, but, oh, I know. I kind of said this at the beginning, but I want to, I wanted to say that I recognized yesterday after talking with Todd and my sister that sometimes because this is my work and because I, I'm in golf, you know, I'm so into this every day and I have been for so many years, that sometimes I speak about things with simplicity and I don't, I don't do that um, – how do I want to say this? I I forget what you know what words may not resonate. I forget what language may be new, and um, I just want you to know that I'm trying to be conscious of what uh, where people are. But it's hard to know where everybody's at in their journey. You know yes. what I mean? And it's hard to it's a tricky part of what we're doing. It's a tricky part of what we're doing. And and I think what's interesting though is the more I learn and the more engrossed I get in this, the simpler the language becomes. Right. So where I used to speak in very spiritual terminology. It's it's unnecessary. I mean, I still do sometimes because yeah. it works. But um, but I just wanted you to know that we're working on that for BU because we want to make this accessible. You know, we get a lot of emails from people saying, "How do I explain this to my husband or my spouse, or how do I explain this to my children?" We're working on that. We're working on common language. Common language. So, I love common language. I know. I don't like a lot of syllables. I know. Well, and syllables stink. Sometimes there are just certain words that work. You know. Yep. And and. That's just the way it is, but I think simpler the better. So here's um, <clears throat> to try to boost up the morale because we've been talking about triggers and thorns and pain bodies. Uh, this is, um, I don't know where I got it, but uh, he's definitely one of the best men in the world. You ready? This guy's name is Dobri Dobrev. He's a man who lost most of his hearing in the Second World War. I just found this on some page. And he spent decades traveling 25 kilometers by foot every day decked in his homemade clothes. He looks like a, a street guy, basically. Okay. Uh, he spends a day begging for money. Strangely enough, he isn't begging for himself. He manages to live with an 80-euro pension a month. Uh, All the money that he's collected over the years, an estimated 40,000 euros, have been donated by him to orphanages who are unable to pay their bills. He doesn't keep a cent. Uh, The money he receives, everything goes to orphanages. Some call him the Saint of Belovo, his place of birth. This year he'll be 100 years old. Oh, my goodness. So I'll put this in the show notes. Uh, it's just one of those incredible stories. Do you know what you know what I think about that, Todd? I don't know his history or why he does that, or or what the he just may be working from his heart and be right. a very heart centered person. But right. sometimes things happen in our past, and it it guides us to do things like that. Um, his is pretty extreme that he goes out begging and then gives all that money, right. you know, away. It's almost like a Robin Hood kind of thing. Right. Um, but I think some of us we can either take our history and our challenge 
challenges and be angry at the world, or we can take our history and our challenges and direct it towards something meaningful. Right. And I think that that's what he's doing. Um, the one other thing that uh, I didn't do is uh, talked about our reviews. We got two new reviews this week. Any clapping? Uh, yeah, I got some. Oh, oh my that's, gosh, that's, that's loud. Ouch, sorry. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> um, where is my cat? No, not no. a baby. Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's loud. All right, so here's our two. Uh, Dynamic Duo gave us five stars. Mm. And I don't want to read it, but thank you very much for that awesome review. And then Andrew's Clan. Thank you, Andrew's. I don't know who you are, but he gave us, it says wonderful. And it gave us five stars. Thank you. So muchas gracias. So hopefully that inspires those of you who have not given us an iTunes review to give us one because it helps us get more recognized on iTunes. It's a really cool thing. Um, and then Avid Company, there's our partner, 6309561800, painting and remodeling all over the Chicagoland area. Jeremy Kraft is the owner and president, and he's a good friend, and he's very good at what he does. So give him a call if you have any home improvement projects coming up. And then promotion, do you want to promote anything there, sweetie? Um, well, I know something that is exciting. We have a new BU logo we for do. Girls Club. Yeah. And BU Girls Club uh, Spring 20 th- 2014 starts tomorrow night, actually. Um, we've already met with their parents, and now we're going to talk with the girls. And um, we're just building this community for these girls. And um, it's a joy. And uh, and then I, I have my book, Self-Aware Parent and Self-Aware Parent 2, kathycadams.com. And obviously you can also go to Amazon. And I'm also going to give a shout out to my men's group. We meet every month. I facilitate it with a good friend of mine named Frank Nago. And if anybody from the Chicagoland area is interested in finding out more about it, shoot me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Uh, anything else? I think that's, that's a good thing. Oh my gosh, it's so loud. So loud. Brett Michaels. That guy's awesome. He is. Actually, he's not. You know what? I have a picture of you as Brett Michaels. I know. And I'm one of the girls from, what was that show? Rock of Love. Great show. I know. I bet they can't hear it anymore, sweetie. This no, I'll, don't worry about the sound. I adjust it afterwards. You do? Yeah, okay. You, you always get very nervous. But well, it's because it hurts me and my earphones. Okay. It's all good. <laughs> um, any other poison memories? Oh, where would I, would I begin? I used to love poison. You begin at the end because there are none. Um, I loved hair bands in the 80s, so Poison was just right in there with all the rest of them. And now that we're in 2014, you still love hair I bands still love from hair the bands. 80s. That's because they're my history. They are not a thorn. They are a beautiful part of my past. They are. And so that's it. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Have a great week. Rose has its thorns